Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hello and welcome to episode 318. This is the smooth sounds of and that's why we drink. I'm X-Teen. Oh, you're really going with the X-Teen. You're really leaning into X-Teen lately. Only because it was on my vitamins. That's the only reason you say that. I love it though. I think it's. I think it's very sweet. I know you're gonna like. I made fun of me for my vitamins. See, X teen on them. As I was in the middle of saying the sentence, I think you're gonna say I'm making fun of you. But publicly, you're gonna say, "Oh, it was so nice." But in in the car, you were like, "What is wrong with you?" (laughs) Did I say what was wrong with you? Or oh, that's very sweet. I think you can be crazy and sweet at the same time. To be fair. That's and right. I think it's very sweet. Like, I, hello, That's what I, write I call fu- the duality of man. I send presents to future me. Like, I'm, I can also be crazy and sweet at the same time. But, like, I do think it's very cute that when you send your, or when you have your vitamin sent to you, you, instead of writing Christine, you made sure the package said X-Teen. Like, I did. you have your I own little nickname. I did that on my shampoo, too. So. It's so cute. If anyway. you more to make fun of, go for it. You can keep calling. Someone feels like I'm making fun of them today when I keep saying the word sweet and cute. Okay. So I don't know. What Eva to tell you. was in the car, so Eva can write in and let me know. And she's probably going to play the middle ground and say, "I don't know," but I wasn't even paying attention. I was driving, or yeah, it'll be something diplomatic. I was busy sure. driving the car so that we didn't all die at the Canada border. Well, I gotta say, Eva Excuses. was busy. Eva was busy driving the car yesterday and then the gas. Hey, how did that happen? I literally saw the light on the day before and I was like, oh, they're going to have to get gas on the way to the airport. And then the next thing I know, I look at my Instagram and y'all are on the side of the road. Uh, Oh, look, Eva wrote in with something diplomatic. That's interesting. Um, So the way that the... She's going to take it back when she hears me bitching about running out of gas. Yeah, Eva, be on my side officially. Thanks. Um, The... The reason we ran out of gas was because I also saw that the it said low fuel, and apparently Eva also saw that it said low fuel. But we, I guess, we thought we could, you oh know, my gosh. Oh make no. it. Um, which luckily we were already going to the airport earlier than usual, so it really was hey, not you a want big to tell deal. Everybody, why this has been the most chaotic end of a trip ever. <laughs> I swear to God, I woke up okay here's the thing the other day i listened to an old episode of and that's why we drink and i was like wow we had chaotic energy and i was like what has changed and then now we hop on and i'm like let me tell you about the time m 
lost their shoes, <laughs> their only pair of shoes. And it was one oh. of my favorite pairs of shoes, too. Did you get them back? No, I didn't. <gasps> what? It's okay. I'm really not that upset about it. It was not your fault, to be fair. Don't feel guilty. Oh, my it, God. It, no, it was totally my fucking fault. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. It really, it worked out well because they were my favorite shoes, but they were, like, real busted. And I was even telling Eva that this kind of was, like, a blessing in disguise because I was too emotionally attached. I was never going to get rid of them, but they needed to go. And Do so, you, know, you guys, this is so horrifying. I literally took them and put them in a metal bin in the airport and never got them back. <laughs> well, so, oh, no. To be fair, had it, we were trying to go to the airport early so I could get the shoes, but then with the whole gas thing, that ended up not just being enough time. It just, it ended up working out in a way where I couldn't get them. But I do appreciate you chaotically trying to find a solution that I was, it was meant losing my mind here's the thing I, <laughs> I woke up and I realized I'd gotten a text from Omar and I was like who the hell is Omar and he was like I'm your driver to the airport and I was like oh my god I forgot we had like a driver scheduled to drive us to the airport so I had scheduled an uber for like an hour later because I'm you know <laughs> lazy so I woke up to pee looked at my phone and was like Omar was here 20 minutes ago and I was like shit and so I like frantically shoved everything in my suitcase and I texted him like I'm coming I'm sorry and I'm like doing one final sweep and I see a pair of shoes behind the bed and I went oh my god by the way you're lucky I look under the bed okay for I'm all very the shit lucky you give me about lemon except <laughs> not because you don't even have your shoes I was like oh oh my god so I ran down to the front desk and there was a line like three or four families deep and Omar's out there in the rain going like this hurry up and i was like ah, what is his deal why does he feel the need to what's his rush Did i don't he know because i was like 45 you? minutes late <laughs> 45 oh i don't yes. think i knew that was how late it was okay understood. and so i panicked and i was like ah so i shoved them in my purse and just like ran to you know went to the airport and then i wandered around like the tunnels of the airport looking for like a storage locker place like i was trying to find like where they do like luggage rental locker rentals for like part-time storage i was looking everywhere and then i found a lost and found office but they weren't open so i had to like oh. put them in the bin i oh can my sense gosh. i can sense your dread but also quick question and not meant in a judgmental way but i how come you didn't just keep them until i saw you next because i was like well m doesn't have another oh, pair of shoes right, right, so right, i was right. like well maybe i should just leave them here so that so i can walk in with my socks can, like, and then have go shoes. to the airport <laughs> you're right i mean at that point it was too late and at that point i was like oh well i'll just put them in this office here and m can just grab them on the way because i was like oh well i won't see you for another couple weeks across the country right 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 i don't know i don't know man it was really dumb it was just a panic was. frenzy i was getting people dming me being like why didn't you go to the front desk i was like read the message <laughs> i tried i really did well no i, I we're also uh, to be fair i never once panicked i i think i just did my like sigh of disappointment but it was at myself for even forgetting my own fucking shoes did you like because i was like well em picked up the taco bell last night did you go pick up the taco bell in your socks like yeah. i mean from your room yeah. not like from yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well that explains it because i was like how did this happen okay i'm a sock wearer socks on yeah. yeah okay also it was to be fair those floors were weirdly heated i just thought i was already in shoes i guess the floors were heated in this hotel which was tremendous um, <laughs> it's wild and but i was I, like how much do they spend on heating the floors that like and don't like advertise it or you know make a thing of it but i made a thing of it it was amazing no, they uh, they were they were good shoes and they had a good run, but it, it was time anyway. And I would have never been able to part with them, so it really worked out for the best. But uh, also, 
had I not, I, I was able to get new shoes because I was meeting friends anyway for lunch. And I was like, hey, random errand request. Can you please bring me shoes? Um, and it worked out. But either way, now you can like Instacart things from like Target. I would have just, I would have found a way to get shoes. It would not have been a big <sighs> okay. deal. I'm but, so um, sorry. No, but anyway, I already lost my shoes. Then I had lunch with my friends and then uh, Eva and I were driving to the airport together. We ran out of gas like five minutes away from the airport. And I don't know, uh, Eva, this is where we differed opinions here because Eva tried to coast for the next five minutes. Like that was <gasps> Eva's plan. And I would, no, you have to pull over. You have to pull over. And Eva was like, we can do it. And I was like, no, no, you cannot do it. I was like, pull over right now. <laughs> I love that all three of us saw the gaslight. Not one of us said a word. Like in what, on what planet? By the way, poor Eva wrote in, I'm so dumb. You're not dumb, You're Eva. Not dumb I, Eva. I literally threw M's shoes into the trash basically um, for no good reason. So uh, I was if collateral dumb. damage to everyone's misdeeds. Okay. I... To be fair, you were the one who left your lo beloved shoes behind. Okay. Uh, so so uh also Eva says she thought it was a hybrid. <laughs> Which I'm like we drove it from Canada and not yeah. once did we get gas. We literally stopped at a gas station and still didn't get we gas. We drove from Oh my god, you're right. We literally stopped at a gas station for candy and not gas. <laughs> this is so embarrassing for all of us. Um this is really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> where's omar we need omar to just like be on top of it from omar now on and like, drive us fucking gas no but uh <laughs> you could tell also the best part i wish you were there because you would quote it with me all the time christine but oh, when no. i was in the car and eva has clearly had like intrusive thoughts about i don't know if intrusive thoughts whatever the phrase is she's clearly like worried what about what it would be like one day if a car ran out of gas because when it happened i could hear her under her breath multiple times going <laughs> she's going, going what she's going it's happening it's happening <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's happening you, oh my god it's happening you, you know i mean like we've all kind of had that thought right of like what would i do if i ran out of gas the fact that it was like so she was like, this is the moment. This is it. She was like, I could just hear her going, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. And I was like, yeah, girl, pull over. She's like, don't worry. I've dreamed about this moment. I'm going to coast 80 miles to the airport. Don't worry. I think, okay, well, to be fair, we were so, we were literally getting off the exit ramp on the highway. I'm sorry. That is really And so I think she was like, I can at least coast off the exit no, I ramp. Understand. And I get yeah. where she was coming from. The logic but makes sense. Yeah. But one thing by the way if you've never had a car run out of gas which i never experienced this before i never either, have either knock on wood you would think you can at least coast until like i see where eva's brain went like you could coast until there's no more gas sure. literally the car fucking stops in like 30 <gasps> seconds like you have 30 seconds to figure it out oh no and so that's why like the car was slowing down so quickly and we were on a highway and i was oh like Eva, my god. i was like pull over my heart <laughs> rate right now oh my god 
Anyway, luckily my friends who had who I got you the seen. shoes, <laughs> who got you the shoes. Oh my okay. god, these people! I was seeing uh, uh, two friends from my hometown that now live out there, and they're a brother and sister. The sister got me the shoes, and I was like, I'm not calling her again for a new favor. So I called the brother this time, and I was they're like, They're gonna like reconnect with, the, with each other and be like, How's your time with them? It's really, <laughs> really weird. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, um, I'm so glad you called because if you didn't, I was gonna have to call and ask a whole other favor of your sister can you please bring me gas also happy birthday because it was his <gasps> birthday. <laughs> this is not real life i wow anyway wow. luckily i i have a, a a slew of friends wherever i go i guess and they Apparently. were able to to figure it out for us but man we ended up making it in perfect time not including the fact that i planned on looking for my shoes damn damn what a chaotic time. Anyway, I was like listening to an old episode. I don't even remember why, but I, there was one I just like kind of put on on the airplane and I was like, man, I miss how chaotic we were. Well, apparently nothing's really changed. And that's famous last words. I feel like sometimes we try to like, like just get to the point of the story because I don't know. I think we're always in our heads about people's opinions of us. And sometimes yeah. we'll we'll see a comment of like, they talk too much. And then there's people yeah. who are like, you don't. You need to keep talking. <laughs> That's why we listen to the show. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 So it's hard to, to, to ignore the naysayers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the episode I listened to was so wild. It was like, I was very drunk. And then at the end, uh, <laughs> the, the one the where end? you fell asleep. No, in your they, own, I will never episode? listen. I'll never listen to that episode. It's gotta I be my favorite. It's I gotta can't be. bring myself to do it. Oh boy. Um, Anyway, so wow, what a chaotic time. Um and that was yesterday and then I had to come home and do notes and wake up and <gasps> see you all over again to talk about. You were it. like, "Are we recording today?" I was like, "The calendar says yes, so I'm going to be there." I don't I don't know <laughs> if either of us or if both of us will show up, but here we are. So well, we made it. Anyway, is there a reason uh, uh yeah, why you all drink of that? All, all of that. it. Okay. Yeah, cool. and I'm drinking a nice coffee from my fridge. What about you? Um, I'm drinking water. I just had my vitamin it. Um, mm. and now I'm back to, it's weird. Now we're finally back for a few days. I think we're home for two weeks. Yeah. For a while. It feels like. So I I feel like the last couple of weeks have been like, we came home go, basically go, to go. basically to repack our suitcases. And we, and then well, leave. before that we were like frantically prepping the show. So it was just constant. It's, it's weird. I feel like after we record today, I'm going to have like a night where it's like, Oh, I don't now think what? I have to do anything. Yeah, I told Blaze I was like, we can finally watch White Lotus, <laughs> like because <laughs> everyone's watched it like a year ago. I'm, I'm finally ha- able to do it. It's weird for a moment to know peace, you know. It's uh, yeah. It's so. also terrifying because it feels like the calm before the storm every time mm-hmm. there's any sort of calm. I see her so rarely that when she shows up, I'm like, you're only in town for a quick time. Yeah, I'm like, what's your <laughs> ulterior motive here? Why are you visiting? Uh, so anyway, I guess today i'm gonna i don't know i probably have a lot of things i need to do around the house i should probably do laundry and clean but i'll probably just watch white lotus i haven't done laundry in like five years so i yeah me too i got home and blaze had folded the laundry i was like you were a stay-at-home parent for five straight days and you did all my laundry wow god Please, do you need to get married again? Because you yeah, can do my yeah, laundry. Honestly, probably. He's probably like, yeah, I'm done with her. Next. Is that <laughs> is that a fun deal for you if you marry me and do <laughs> my laundry? I love it. 
Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, well, uh, I do have a, a bit of a lengthy one for you today because it seems to span across the globe in many ways. So I wanted to make sure that I, I got as much covered Ooh, as I we're could. we're globetrotting, Carmen Sandiego style. That's us. Yeah. Uh, didn't Carmen Sandiego have a movie come out recently or something? I thought there was one. I remember a trailer. If this is a freaking... It could um, be fake. Is it? If this is a freaking... Um, what do you call it? <laughs> What's the thing where you... Berenstain Bears, Berenstain Bears. Oh, 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 Mandela Effect? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a Mandela Effect, but I swear I saw a Carmen Sandiego trailer. If there isn't one, there certainly needs to be one. There should be, and I'll fund it. Oh. Well, I'll fund like great. $20 okay. of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so this one is a, obviously, get ready, Blaze, it's a lore. And, it's a uh, lore. <laughs> it's... It, I think it's going to end up being a two-parter because there's a certain topic I actively avoid in this because it itself was just so full of information that I think it might oh. have to be a next week thing. So Cool. Um, but anyway, this week we're going to be talking about Crossroads. Not the Britney Spears movie. I was like, <laughs> know all about that. What, guess who I am? It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to become a podcast where we talk about true crime, the paranormal, and sometimes Britney Spears' early 2000s movies. Yeah, I feel like great. what a dream. I really had a moment where I went, it couldn't be. Could it? And then I'm like, <laughs> obviously it couldn't be. But Do you imagine but... if there was like some like spooky behind the scenes story I was about to cover about? <laughs> I don't know. I got excited. <laughs> oh, anyway, if you never watched Crossroads, um, you were not from the early 2000s. And if oh, you'd yeah. like to really experience to what life was like then go ahead and watch that That's tonight right. okay crossroads i'm talking about like liminal spaces oh <gasps> you know i love this i know you love it That's i know nothing about it but i love it i know it well mm. and this is to um not be confused with ley lines that is not today's topic have i covered Ooh. ley lines no but I don't think so, but I would love to hear about it. If not, let's. Let's do it. Do and not to be like... confused with Ley Lines, the early 2000s Britney Spears film, <laughs> which is also a hit, a Hollywood hit. Um, that was probably the funniest thing I've heard you say all day, Christine. <laughs> oh, look at me go. The bar is high. Okay. So uh, Crossroads, a.k.a. Liminal Spaces, a.k.a. 
when multiple realities or planes are all converging and <gasps> very fun stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't just so we this is more informational than anecdotal this time around, but that doesn't mean that that's not coming. I just went I'm trying to explain as much of it as I can. Yeah, it makes sense. And wow, we got a lot to do. So lemon uh liminal spaces comes from the Latin word limina or maybe lamina, lim, but it means threshold. Okay. Okay. So they are usually Interestingly, man-made infrastructures, unlike natural areas where the veil feels the thinnest. So mm. crossroads are literally road intersections, but they could oh. also be doorways or they could be um, even the back rooms, which we covered once. Mm-hmm. Um, crossroads are often situated uh, in a way that makes you feel like you're in between worlds, which is why a lot of people experience paranormal events around there. Mm. And... They happen to be often on natural ley lines, which we will cover at a later date. Oh, interesting. So ley lines, um, just to give you a taste of that, are lines across the world that produce high energetic vibrations. And a lot of times when they overlap, things get real crazy, folks. And So is are ley lines the one that you were saying might be a next week one or is that a different a totally different topic if we do a three-parter that'll be the oh, third okay. so it wasn't <laughs> ley lines wasn't the thing you were talking about okay no no no. but ley lines definitely should be something we cover if i gotcha. have not done that yet um so a lot of crossroads interestingly are also dependent on time and i say interestingly because i'm as i when i read them or when i was doing the notes i was like oh yeah that makes sense but i'm just never put that together where sure. a lot of crossroads or liminal spaces seem to have a specific time where it feels it's eeriest so like (gasps) an abandoned pool after hours or rest stops at night or airports in the morning you know what i mean freaky rest stops at night rest stops at night at an airport in the morning you can see me running around with a pair of shoes and just like (laughs) crying that's pretty fucking eerie i'm sorry it's it's scary and supernatural all at once (laughs) it's definitely high voltage energy or whatever i just said (laughs) yeah so i saw this one article i really liked that described a bunch of different types of crossroads out there that could all um have some sort of liminal vibe to them some of them are physical crossroads some of them are metaphysical some of them are metaphorical so uh some of the crossroads are more literal like railroad tracks bridges like um again road intersections then didn't even think about this but property corners that are technically crossroads that are protecting your home (gasps) like boundaries even invisible ones oh that's Mm -hmm. interesting and a lot of people will do rituals at crossroads. So if you're doing them on your property corners, you could be, you know, manifesting protection for your home or health or finance or something like that. There's also spiritual crossroads like churches and cemeteries where the dead are more likely to interact or have more energy with our realm. And then there's cosmic or even seasonal r- crossroads, which are more like moon phases or... um you know like twilight midnight uh new year's eve like oh. where like it's the beginning of something and the end of something You're at like the same crossing time a boundary in time oh my god this is trippy so twilight is the bridge from day to night so it's a time of change so is midnight mm-hmm. when you're ending one day to the other and mm-hmm. i thought this was super cool another crossroad that we don't think about but a cosmic crossroad is months that end in a 31st day 
the whole 31st is a gray space if all months are 1 through 30, but the ones with a 31st is an additional bridge uh, into a new time coming up, a new month. So what about today? Because we're recording this on February 28th. That's a fucking vortex. I don't know. (laughs) That's a black hole. That one's just like vacuuming everything in. Um, (laughs) Then there's other crossroads. Again, a lot of this can be rooted in um, either witchcraft or other spiritual rituals uh, like rivers, um, Mm. doorways, and even all the way down to like your hands and your feet and your mouth and your ears because they're entryways into the world. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yes. So, for example, the mouth is the intersection between the mind and the physical because it merges, it uses communication to merge you with others. Oh, and to like put your thoughts from your head out into the world. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's deep. So crossroads can really be any version of a bridge or intersection into multiple worlds. Wow. Isn't that fun? That is so fascinating. So they are very powerful. There's tons of reports of uh, spiritual activity going on at Crossroads. And the first chunk, because I feel like this episode comes with like a table of contents. The first (laughs) uh, little chunk I'm going to talk about is general witchcraft, which I'm sorry, I'm not getting too specific about things. But again, we got a lot to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of liminal spaces in witchcraft, uh, they work best at boundary times, just like kind of how I mentioned twilight or midnight. Sure. Um, liminal spaces in witchcraft are when two opposing ideals meet. So that's why a lot of things will happen at sunset or again at midnight. Or when you think about even their holidays of Halloween or Samhain, um, it's when summer turns into winter or when the day turns into night, when the veil is always the thinnest. And that even leads into other things like cryptids, like werewolves and why they transform during a full moon there's a there's a phase that changes okay and it helps them enter that world where they can transform into their the identity they have on the other side makes a lot of sense symbolically crossroads are about everything and nothing all at once and thus they (laughs) kind of represent choice and potential and when you Add the fact that it's a liminal space that can be very spiritually powerful. It's the potential of all power and the potential of no power. Mm. I think this is so... If I were stony baloney right now... That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Like, imagine if we did drugs. We'd be like, whoa. Sometimes I wish I did drugs. I just... I I mean, it's possible. Like, it's... it's Again, you know, potential. <laughs> potential. Is it potential or lack of potential all at once? So Woo-hoo. crossroads are still used in many magical rituals, such as offerings. But the thing that I thought was the coolest, because I never even thought about this, um, is that crossroads are often used in ritual work for disposing of spell remains. <gasps> okay. And I've I feel like I've wondered kind of off the cuff like oh what do you do with the spell after Same. you're done with it or like even us with those like i I don't know if this is in, in the same realm but it leads to me often thinking like when we would get haunted items we didn't yeah. want what do we do with it how so, to dispose of it without like being disrespectful or like causing mayhem exactly so when it comes to certain spells, a lot of times crossroads will be the place where people respectfully dispose of them because crossroads, since they are a both and neither situation, they that's land and property that technically belongs to everybody, but also no one. Oh, and so wow. 
um, the only people that would be, I guess, affected by that would be the spirits themselves, but then also because it's a both and either situation, the spirits wouldn't be affected. That's the sure. way that it was explained to me. Um, and then also shout out uh, PSA that like, just because I'm saying this doesn't mean everyone go dump all your crap at crossroads. Um, like, just yeah, like, they're like, this is the border between my neighbor's house and my house. So nobody owns it. So I'm going to dump all my haunted items here. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, also, and also if you're like new to witchcraft, like I don't know if there's like for certain spells or certain things you right. have to do. Please and don't take don't my word litter. for this. <laughs> So also don't litter. Um, and also like you don't like another good point to that on top of littering is like I don't know what's in your spells and if animals could eat it, you know what I mean? Like, oh true, yeah, you don't want to harm nature or animals. Yeah, good yeah. point. But there are some spells that um people will dispose of at crossroads. One example of that is uh a lot of people will take cleansing spiritual baths and they'll dispose of the used bath water there. Oh, cool, okay. So it can be something that simple. Yeah. I don't want to say simple, you know, like minimal ingredients. Yeah, just, yeah. Just your dirt on from your body. Um, or there's even certain areas in the world, like there's parts of India where they practice um, uh, disposing the remains of exorcisms oh, and leaving them at crossroads so that the idea is that it confuses the evil spirits and can't they can't follow you back home. Because they get they're, lost. They're, they get lost in the crossroads. Um, Me too. By the way. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it can be anything from bathwater to like exorcism remains. Cool. And inversely, sometimes you actually need the dirt from the crossroads for other spells. So oh. there's uh, one spell I saw where if you want someone to leave you alone, you take the dirt from uh, you take the dirt from their footprints. I don't know if it means like when they were walking by the crossroad or just in general, but take dirt from their own tracks, put it in their shoes, and then um, and put, put that it in same... their shoes. That's rude. <laughs> I wonder if it's to like conf confuse your own footsteps. Like I wonder symbolically what it means of like getting lost in your own tracks or something. Yeah. But uh, but then you also take that same dirt and put it at every intersection, or you can physically take the dirt. Um, for a different spell, like a love potion at <gasps> intersections between you and where the other person lives. Okay, that's interesting. There's, this is, I keep saying interesting, but I really had never known anything about this whole topic, and I'm just yeah. kind of, so I anyway, here I go again. Interestingly, interestingly. <laughs> um, there's another spell, again, a, a love spell, where if you want to attract a male lover, okay, um, you have to use dirt from only the three-way crossroads in between the two of you. and Three-way crossroads, okay. So the T-shaped ones. Right. And oh. the and the plus sh the plus sign-shaped ones are four-way intersections. Right, okay. And the, I'm only saying that because I want you to envision both of them when I say no, this I next thing. No, I needed it. I needed it. That the G, apparently, I don't, not geography, geometry. The shape of a, of a crossroad is important in certain spell work because... T-shaped or three-way crossroads are considered male because if you look at them, they kind of look like like a wang, like a wang, and and his side pieces. You know what I'm saying? And then the four, the plus sign one or the four-way crossroad is supposed to represent the woman. And the explanation I saw is because it was like the multiple layers of her vagine, and I don't Whoa. understand. 
I don't understand entirely, but I'm going to roll with it. I because... was going to say the top has two boobs. Oh, and the that makes sense has... too. So not two. Uh, that's where <laughs> I stop. There's an up and a down and a side and a side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However you want to think about it, apparently four-way intersections or four-way crossroads are considered feminine whereas mm. the t-shaped three-way ones are considered masculine so if you were to try to attract a male lover and use a four-way crossroad you did it wrong so or maybe oh, not I, I don't know if trans people get mixed into this spell That's work true, I yeah i don't know yeah uh but all that to say even like the different types of cross the crossroads get involved here so um and Generally speaking, in witchcraft or hedgecraft or ritual work, crossroads can be a great place to visit the other worlds because the veil is the thinnest there, and so it's easiest to access other spirits. Cool. Crossroads uh, are also often associated with the beginning of a journey, and mm. since they're, which is interesting because I would think of them as the beginning and the end of a journey, but since they are seen as the beginning of the journey, a lot of people will go to crossroads to do protection spells on their way to the journey. Okay. Um, other spells, these are just some random ones I saw that I thought were cool. There's a spell where if you put herbs from a crossroad in an amulet, it's supposed to help people during labor. Whoa. Um, so try that next time. Yeah, and seriously. Then, uh, Should have told me sooner. I know. <laughs> and then there's another one, which I don't understand it. I don't know the symbolism here, but apparently if you bury frogs, I guess I'm assuming they're already. I sure hope so. You know, passed on their own. Um, but if you bury them at crossroads, it's a way to prevent fevers. Which. Uh, all right. Okay. Also, I feel like if you can prevent a fever that way, you can prevent a lot of other things that way. So. Maybe there's a lot of things being buried at crossroads. I don't, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Maybe I should go take my, you know, I love my metal detector. I, I mean, it's not going to detect frogs, but. Bring a frog know. detector and tell me what you find. <laughs> I will. Uh, so that's just like a quick couple fun facts in the witchcraft world. But um, I do want to say in terms of crossroads in the United States and their lore over here, um, Crossroad legends uh, and its connection to spirituality has, it's really been um, cultural wide. It's been very hard to research this last night because it, it's, there's a lot going on. But in the U.S., a lot of the legends begin in the South because the lore in the South comes from West Africa because oh, of the slave you. trade. Oh, wow. So, okay. So shout out to... Um, black storytelling and being able to keep their traditions alive yeah. or being able to, you know, make sure that it, it stood the test of time. And so a lot of what we have in uh, the U S is luckily because of what black people mm -hmm. were able to pass preserve. on yeah. and preserve. So um, our, our legends of crossroads spiritualism or the lore really starts with uh your is it yoruba your is i i want to make sure i say it right yoruba yeah yeah okay um and their god of the crossroads a lot of places have their own deities related to the crossroads but here their god is named eshu um and i think his the longer version of that name is eshu elegba mm. and he's technically a trickster god but that's not actually a bad thing even though a lot of times when you hear trickster god you you know read into it a certain way yeah 
But um, New York Latin Culture Magazine says Eshu Alegba represents the power of chance. And every time you leave your house, you're taking a chance that things can go good or things can go bad, a.k.a. being at a crossroad. Wow. Um, so from the enslaved people who passed on this story, it has mm-hmm. then been continued through the South and really made its first, uh, I guess, notable story for us in the blues scene in the 1930s cool when uh there was this one guy named robert johnson and oh do you know the story yeah so robert johnson he back in the 1930s he wanted to be in on the blues scene but he was apparently this terrible musician he could not (laughs) get it together and he was like basically shamed out of the music world only a few years later like three years later he comes back and he fucking blows everyone away with his musician (laughs) skills um to a point where he becomes the king of blues and even paves the way for rock and roll so um, just casual (laughs) just fucking casual but because it was such a drastic change from what people remembered him doing people refused to believe it could just be hard work of course sure (laughs) Um, and so they had to spread rumors that he sold his soul to the devil in order to become you know this titan of the industry um and you know so he of course the best place to meet the devil would be in a liminal space such as a crossroad Mm -hmm. and nearby there is a crossroad it's the intersection of highways 49 and 61 and the story morphed into robert went to this intersection and called for the devil and made his deal wow and then after these rumors spread robert put out titles like hellhound on my trail crossroad crossroad blues up up jumped the devil and me and the devil blues whoa and this is kind of the the first story in the u.s where the concept of the devil is now associated with the crossroads and so even though it's like kind of i don't i don't know um how else to really explain it that Basically, so Robert dies at 27, and then oh, no. people made all these stories of like, oh, well, he sold the soul of the devil. The devil came to collect. Yeah. And um, the only way I can really describe it is that, yay, that people were able to preserve their stories and pass on um, some of the you know, legends they had that still had West African roots. Yeah. But when Christianity was forced onto a lot of enslaved people, their stories ended up getting kind of conflated with Christianity. Sure. And so all of a sudden their God of the crossroads got kind of changed into the devil. The devil. Okay. Interesting. And so now a lot of people, I think because there was already the mindset of like the crossroads are a liminal space very quickly christians leaned into like oh the devil or you well, know that, yeah only one explanation right so it it all kind of got morphed into each other and so like uh even his parents robert johnson they've said like this story was not true even though a weird amount of people are convinced that he really sold his soul to the devil to become a good musician like believe it or not he just worked really fucking hard <laughs> believe um, it or not yeah but so even though you know, it's like a very infamous story around here. It's still, uh, you know, it's important to note the like Christianity somehow sunk its claws in and the devil got involved. Um, so. Have you listened to, I know you don't really listen to podcasts, but uh, the 
episode of Jim Harrell's Campfire with Robert about Robert Johnson. Mm-mm. So it was a while ago, and I, I, it's probably going to be kind of a spoiler, but I, and I'm not going to give it justice or do it justice. So you know, go listen to Jim Harrell's Campfire. But it was the wildest shit ever. Uh, one person called in and told a story that had to do with Robert Johnson's mu- Robert Johnson's music, and said like, you know. Uh, this music started playing and I believed it was like somebody from the other side that I loved, whatever. So, um, and Jim was like, Oh, Robert Johnson. Yeah. You know, great musician. And then the literal next caller called in and was like, I'm an artist and was telling the story. And just like casually at the end, he's like, Oh, who are you painting right now? And she's like, Oh, I'm painting, um, an artist. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Robert Johnson. And it was like, (laughs) what the fuck and he was like hold the phone like i 20 minutes ago was just talking to a guy about robert johnson's music and oh my gosh he's not i feel like he's well known but not like like that's just a really weird synchronicity and so um yeah the episode got even weirder than that but i just remember them talking about the crossroads and all that uh it's just fascinating crossroads plus synchronicity feels ultra liminal Ooh, it does doesn't it it gives me the creeps a little bit yeah, they're both weirdly like spiritual and coincidental and Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh anyway, others a lot of people say that, you know, there are western elements to that story, but also, you know, like I said, religion got involved, but mm-hmm. the family does say the story is not true in case anyone swears by the fact that Robert Johnson actually sold the soul of the devil. Um that being said, though, this story does mention common legends that have developed over time um, mm. and have even been a part of multiple communities. So it, it sounds really bad, but let me just say it first and then give you an explanation. Um, mm. There's one uh, entity now that people claim to see at Crossroads in the U.S. called The Black Man, a.k.a. Mm. The Devil, at the cool. Crossroads. Cool. cool. Apparently, he is literally just a man that is, like, solidly black. Like a shadow person. Yes. Yeah. But the black man, also known as the devil, is really just so fucked up when this already- Really gotta get some brand work going. You know what I mean? Like, let's- let's Especially when it already comes from, like, West African roots. It's like, oh, we couldn't fucking do anything else about that? there's not any, yeah, other way to phrase that. Yeah. So, um, and again, this is where I say- they say he's the devil, but that's kind of more of a newer hot take where he's not actually supposed to be the devil. The black man at the crossroads is supposed to be a helpful spirit, but right. over time has morphed into a, some sort of Satan demon cool vibe. So all bad. Um, over the years, this story was just kind of retold enough about Robert Johnson that I think it maybe solidified the fact that like, oh, he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads and now the devil is part of the crossroads. I and see. Legend goes that this being, I don't know if this is like pre or post being considered the devil, but the story has now become that anybody can sell their soul to the devil at the crossroads. If you bring an item that you wish to master and you bring it to the crossroads, some people even said you have to do it at midnight for so many nights in a row. Some people have just said, just show up with the item um and you no might rsvp see, or anything you don't need to like you just kind of pop on over let you know, know in advance okay see what's cooking that night and you know if it's mm. feeling breezy you know what would you bring if thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water 
you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside. A list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, Anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that maybe everybody eats this but I always make toast with avocado and then I put scrambled eggs on top and I put salsa I can't eat it without salsa and the green mountain gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to I mean any meal if you're me but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation visit greenmountaingringo.com and start shopping use the store locator to find green mountain gringo products get inspiration for recipes and purchase products using promo code podcast 24 for 20 percent off that's promo code podcast 24 and don't forget to check out their backside <laughs> eating better is easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes there's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required, and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good so blaze and i actually get to pick our own meals every week and you know separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh make sure the other keeps their hands off i personally love the cold brew smoothies those are always my go-to in the morning if i'm running around dropping leona off don't have time to cook myself breakfast it's a great solution head to factormeals.com drink 50 and use code drink 50 to get 50 percent off that's code drink 50 at factormeals.com drink 50 to get 50 percent off I I've, this is like maybe such like a queer trope but like I so badly if if we if I went into like witness protection or something or oh, no. if <laughs> if the podcast dropped and I needed to like completely revamp my entire identity and just start yeah. from scratch I would go into I think construction or something like being handy. Oh. Yeah, like, well you'd be good at that. I mean, you make made props and stuff. I just like I like I but I'm so bad at it. That's the problem. I'm very, like, I'm good Are at you? making, like, it's, it, I feel like I've pigeonholed myself into looking really good because I say, like, oh, I made movie props. But, like, I want to be able to build anything. And I can only build a very specific. I love, s- first of all, the notion that you've pigeonholed yourself into being very talented at something. <laughs> well, because I'll tell people, oh, I can't build. And then they're like, oh, but you can build movie props. And I'm like, yeah, but that's. I have a very specific set of skills. And other than that, like I can't do anything really useful with it. And so um, I would love to know like just basic construction. So what would you bring? Like a hammer? I guess a hammer and like a slab of wood, like a two by four. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. What would you bring? Um, Maybe some, maybe some running shoes or something sporty or yoga Running mat. shoes. 
I like I've always wanted to be able to like do an exercise for you know but I'm just not good at it so maybe some yoga a yoga mat maybe I'd love to be really good at yoga it'd be cool to be bendy yeah right because I think I can't about even like, touch my own toes I I feel I understand that like yeah. sometimes I th- I'm looking for my remote sorry my oh here it is my television decided to turn on do you see cool. that, that was oh crazy Jesus what's it what shows on maybe it's a sign no, it was uh, eight hours of calm beach vibes. So oh. stupid. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Neither of us wanted sure. that. Um, I, I feel like when I like I like the idea of being bendy because I think about how many times in my life, you know, what if I need to dodge something or duck? For sure. it's not going to happen. For you sure, know? you know how many times in your life you need to dodge something? It could happen. The older it I get, happen. I'll have to dodge more things. I think I just. True. I don't know. But uh, that's a good one, I think. Yeah, thank you. Um, anyway, so in anyway. this sorry, in this case it like with Robert Johnson, it was a guitar. So yeah. Um you bring an item and you may see a bunch of black colored animals that like run mm-hmm. by. It's almost like the gradual opening of the portal, and then eventually mm-hmm. this man that is solidly black will approach you and he will grab the item from you that you want to master. He'll show you how to do it hand it back and then he vanishes (gasps) and in theory you have now made yourself a deal with the devil and you will be perfect at it for the rest of time in exchange for your soul so this was um uh i think the very original roots of that story um or at least um who the guardian of the crossroads was was um eshu and that is from Yoruba. But there's also a similar um, entity that people see a lot that or that people, I guess, would find similarities to, which is in like Haitian voodoo, which mm-hmm. is Papa Legba. And he's associated a lot with St. Peter. And again, a lot of it's wow. kind of been morphed into like, oh, like they're dark spirits or they're sure scary. But they're literally gods of the crossroads. They're supposed to be helpful and um Papa Legba personally is personally not to me like him specifically is supposed to help friend (laughs) me and Papa Um, (laughs) he is known to help at physical and mental crossroads so any type of indecision you're ever at he's supposed to offer you clarity oh I would I would really need him him to help me with a lot of things right and so a lot of people will offer um like food or like make altars at crossroads for him because he's supposed to be helpful to you. Um, Of course, American horror story coven wrote him into the storyline of that season as a villain. So, Oh boy. And he comes from some African roots. So, you know, gosh, doesn't take a lot of mental gymnastics to figure out where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, so ignoring that, those are the, like the two big, beginnings of um the united states having their own lore of crossroads outside of witchcraft okay um but now there's also i'm very subtly going to touch on irish lore where they say crossroads are meeting places for spirits where they can listen or play music and dance and people even on this side will court each other and it's where it's like a big gathering spot and it's where all of us can find harmony and we can see the I guess, interact with the Fae and all that. Um, There's one story actually of a fiddler who was at a crossroads and he heard an invisible voice asking him to play, um, presumably for 
someone to dance. So he did. And uh, I guess that's a pretty common story of like, oh, the fiddlers played for the Fae. I love it. There's also stories of people spotting a man standing at the center of Crossroads in all black and he's facing away from you. Oh, no. I just hate that. I'm scared of that. Um, and then, of course, because she always fucking finds her way into my stories, there's a lady in white. <laughs> and Batgirl, if all if that lady in white is one lady in all of my stories, she just is jet setting. Talk about Carmen San Diego. She's like <laughs> everywhere all at once. So uh, she has been seen near crossroads, obviously wearing a white gown, and she will approach people. But I guess she's good or uh, i don't because people will hear wings on her beating so oh. i assume that means angel or something like that um and this is where i get into kind of the rest of my spiel here where she leads me into talking about how many cultures that relate to crossroads have deities that they see as the god of the crossroads or the guardian of the crossroads. Mm. Some people have just one. Some people have multiple or some, some cultures have one. Some cultures have multiple. Um, and what I like about each of these deities is that they all seem to be between the spirit and mortal world. So they're actually liminal figures in charge of the liminal space. <gasps> and they're able to bridge communication between both worlds. That is so cool. So these are... Do you want the actual names or do you want me to just tell you how many areas I found? Uh, you can just tell me how many areas. Okay. Cause I think I'm about to mispronounce several yeah, cultures, I mean, gods, and I don't yeah, want to do that. Let's just skip that part. Okay, cool. So there are, I could find deities that have to do with guarding crossroads in uh, Gaelic lore, Germanic lore, in Brazil, the Caribbean, Guatemala, Japan. Japan actually has three, and all of them get statues placed at different crossroads, which I think is cool. cool. China, uh, uh, there's India, in Buddhism, in Judaism, the Mayans had someone, um, different parts of Africa. Uh, oh, and then the big one that I'm going to cover, this will be next week, is uh, the goddess, I think her name is Hecate. Um, it's spelled like he Kate. Um, mm. <laughs> and, uh, she is from like Greek mythology, but she's also still important in a lot of like, I think pagan rituals. And she just had so much information on her. It felt wrong to not bring it up, but Whoa. I also don't have the time today. So we'll, we'll cover her on another day, but she seems without any proper research on her it seems like she's either related to or often combined with hermes oh um which is the messenger god so it makes yeah, sense that does make sense but so we'll cover her later and on top of different deities at these crossroads every culture seems to have their own folklore creature or entity mm. also waiting at these crossroads for you so um in the British Isles, there's a bunch of standing stones erected at crossroads. And originally people thought, oh, that's just to mark borders. But a lot of people think that it's actually to prevent Fae from entering our world because there's something blocking their path into liminal spaces. Whoa. Um, in Romania, they think uh, a lot of times that crossroads are where the vampires allegedly met. In Brazil, there's a woman who turns into a headless mule, which Whoa. it's it seems like Brazil's version of a werewolf because the transformation happens at a crossroad like a werewolf would. 
Um, and again, remember, it could be a physical crossroad or it could be right. like the moon, a, a moon phase. Full moon, yeah. In Wales, there's a banshee-like entity called the Sarath, Sarath, who hangs out at crossroads. There's also bogles, which are uh, their own spirits I have never covered and I would like to. Yeah. And in Eastern Europe, there's another creature I've never heard of that I'd like to cover called Eilis, Isles, which are um, large cat-like blood-sucking creatures, and they hunt what at crossroads. It just says Eastern Europe. Oh, whoa, whoa. Um, in Belgium, there's a hellhound called the Oskert, um, and he he attacks travelers that have. Uh, it feels a little religiously to me. It feels like if you are a sinner in some way or you've done something wrong, um, he'll he'll attack travelers that have a bad past and aren't guilty about it and he will torture them until they come to a crossroads of consciousness oh, where no. they repent i know oh, no oh no also in wales there is a, a massive black dog that is often a death omen seen at crossroads called the gwilgi mm. and we've covered this in the past the black shuck is another large dog that's often <gasps> seen at crossroads yes and my favorite one that is seen at crossroads is the money cat <gasps> which have you heard of the money cat no the money cat well, like alice in wonderland no okay <laughs> i don't know actually Doesn't he have something to do with money or am i making that up i don't i haven't seen alice in wonderland in so long I, the cheshire cat is i know that's his name but i don't do you, are you thinking cashier cat <laughs> cheshire cash uh i don't know why i thought that maybe i'm crazy probably well the money cat is apparently a black magical feline who will give you money give oh, you silver oh, oh, no. okay. he, he just takes money never mind he just stares at you he, he just sneezes with his eyes open so. <laughs> <laughs> well apparently these cats can be found at crossroads with the invoking of a spell or the other way which seems like maybe a little more modern is you leave food for the cat and then take the cat home <laughs> Oh, here, kitty, kitty. So it gives you money. Apparently, it will give you money. So I think, I think the original story was if you did a spell, a black cat will show up and he will literally, physically give you silver coins. And I think in 2023, um, if you find a cat and bring it home and take care of it, you'll like have good luck or good fortune. I see. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was like, these pets are expensive, man. I don't know if they're giving money to anyone. It's but... like, are you just hitting a net zero? Like a yeah, like, you might just breaking be breaking even. even. <laughs> so the description I saw on like today's version of getting yourself a money cat is leaving food as an offering, particularly a dead bird, until it shows Ooh. itself. Until this cat appears to you, you take the cat home mm -hmm. you tame it you take good care of it you offer it regular treats and if you don't bad luck will come your way i feel like a cat fucking wrote this yeah <laughs> it's uh it's bad luck they're all typing it like oh 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 add, <laughs> add a thing about treats <laughs> the cat just like every time it walks over your laptop it's actually <laughs> typing out how to take care of it or else you'll get bad luck <laughs> so there's the money cat i hope everyone enjoys their money cats at home and i hope oh you're getting God. good luck um, and then the last thing I'm going to talk about is some of the rituals of crossroads in, uh, 
different areas of the world. So this is just kind of a quick rattling off. But in Aztec and Mayan cultures, crossroads were a place of sacrifice. So a lot of offerings and altars are placed there. Mm. In ancient Rome, uh, there were guardians of the crossroads called Laris Compitalis. And they even would host festivals in honor of these guardians. And they would host them at crossroads, which I think is cool. That is cool. Apparently, Anglo-Saxons honored Mercury or Odin at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, and some Native American legends, they think that uh, Crossroads are uh, a point of high creative power and they're conduits for wisdom. And some believe that each protrusion of a four-point crossroad are for four sacred concepts of spirit, self, nature, and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And together, they establish harmony. It's um, beautiful. And then, well, it went from beautiful to the early Europeans showing up and guess what happened. So Uh their way of using crossroads, I guess because they see it as actual a cross for Christianity, Mm -hmm. is anyone unholy who could not be buried in a proper cemetery, they would just bury their dead at crossroads. So a place where people are practicing you know, magic or um, places where natives are saying that this is a really, you know, a conduit for wisdom and spiritual inspiration. And then the fucking colonizers are like, bring out your dead. So that's not great. uh, Apparently criminals. uh, I'm so sorry. Victims of suicide and Mm -hmm. um, unbaptized children were the top three choices. And they would be buried at crossroads to keep their souls in purgatory because they might be confused over which path to go in a crossroad or their souls would be confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it uh, progressed, in, especially in the UK, to those accused of witchcraft were buried at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. So white people really know how to absolutely destroy something beautiful. <laughs> no surprise no. there. <laughs> Not no. us. And... Uh, so that's that was me quickly trying to get away from that. In Wales, they have burial processions where people pause to pray at crossroads. One, mm. because, again, it's the shape of a cross, but um, it is the crossing between life and death. And some of the theories are that crossroads are considered hallowed ground, but also they could each be a stepping stone for the spirit to find its new path. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, in the Isle of Man, people uh, say that if you sweep the crossroads, you can shoo away evil spirits and bad luck, which I do think is part of Wicca because I've seen my stepmom do a lot of sweeping to get bad energy out yeah, of the way. Yeah. Um, hence the origin of witches with brooms, by Broom the way. Sticks. Not that they fly brooms. They literally fucking sweep with them. Um, in Denmark, this one's funky. On midnight at New Year's Eve... Which, interesting, because those are two crossroads, Midnight and New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a quote. If you stand within a rectangle formed by a horse cart, so a horse cart, I guess like the tracks, if you stand in the square that the tracks make, a ghost of any dead person can be summoned and will be forced to answer three questions of your choosing. Oh no! It's it's so like non-consensual. Like, why are you dragging them from beyond? Yeah, it's like truth serum, but like Leave truly by force. <laughs> also, interestingly, in Germany on New Year's Eve, uh, if you go to a crossroads, you can hear the names of people who will die that year. I don't want to know. Uh, I don't either. I'd be like, that's a fun trick that I don't ever want to try. Like the least fun game of all time. Yeah. 
Um, in Estonia, there is a folklore that crossroads are where you could run into the devil, especially on a Thursday at midnight, which I wonder oh. what, I wonder why Thursday is that a crossroad itself into like the weekend? I don't know. I wonder. I don't know what Thursday has to do with it. Also in Estonia, if you don't know which road to take, if you're at a physical crossroad, um, yeah. you can spit into your palm and sure. slap the spit with your finger. And whichever side more spit splashes from is the direction to go. Oh, my God. That is Honestly, I might use that next time I'm lost in a parking garage or something. You might as well. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance you're right, you know? Honestly. And it's portable. You don't have to bring anything with you. It's honestly better than what I do now, which is just cry. So, Oh, sure. I mean, it could just be a new GPS tactic. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um and then also in Estonia on New Year's Eve girls will collect snow from uh a crossroads and once the snow melts if the water's pure the air will be good and on New Year's Day if you stand at a crossroad and hear the rattle of wooden boards in the distance you'll probably die this year because it means the hell cart is coming its way to you. Ooh, I don't like all this stuff about like planning your own death. Yeah, Estonia is going wild with us right now. And then the mm-hmm. last thing I'm going to say is also from Estonia, and this is their creature from the crossroads, which is called a krat. Do you know what a krat is? No, I know wild krats. Well, krat, K-R-A-T-T, is a creature made out of household items like brooms or silverware or straw. And you can bring it to life. And uh, you do this by, again, with the Thursdays. For three Thursdays, you go to a crossroads. And each time you drop three drops of blood. Of your own blood? Of your own blood, I guess. For the devil, of course. And once you do that for three days, three Thursdays, so like in a, you know, in a 21 days or so, you'll have a crat alive with your blood. Do you bring the thing with you? I think you like make him. I think you make him like a doll out of whatever you have lying around the house. Do you bring it with you when you drop the blood and stuff? I would imagine you have to drop the blood on it, right? Oh, you drop it on the. Th- I'm crat. guessing, but it makes oh. sense to me. Did you? Do you know wild crats? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't react, and I was like, "Oh man." Um, wild crats was a show on PBS about it was like the the host of Zaboomafu. Remember Zaboomafu, <laughs> the Crat Brothers. Wild crats. Yes, I remember Zaboomafu. <laughs> I've never yeah, seen so this show in my entire it, life. It's because my sister was the exact age when it was oh. out. It was 2011. So, um, yeah, we watched a lot of Wild Crats. Anyway, I was like, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But I think that's just their last name. Oh, well, yeah. Is it their last name in yeah, the show? the Crat Brothers. Also, looking at it, it looks like a few of the animals they hang out with are cats. So I wonder if they're just trying to combine it. No, because they did. They hosted Zaboomafu, so they're they were the Crap Brothers. It looks um, like on the sh- in the show though, are the two main characters also the Crap Brothers? Yes, I see. Unfortunately, I don't see any dolls made of twine and brooms, so I'm going to say the, the Crats are no no like you know blood dropping in in an episode. You can you know, remember? not that I remember, but they did. Uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened? nothing i was gonna say something stupid about how they brought something to a crossroads and i don't know i, I was gonna make a dumb comment about they did bring like a it was a, a thursday yeah thursday brought ukulele to a crossroads and uh i don't know it was dumb it didn't 
it wasn't great. You already nailed it with the blood droplets. So thank you. Well, yeah. so uh, on on Thursdays, you go to Crossroad, you drop three bloods for the devil. I assume on the doll you've created. Got it. And then um, you your crat comes to life, but you can make the crat do whatever you want. Like it can help clean for you. Okay, that's my next question. Like why? But okay, I guess I get it now. It can steal food for you. It can steal oh. money for you if you're a bad person. Um, but here's my favorite part. If your crat becomes too much to handle, this is how you get rid of a crat. You have to you have to make it so frustrated that it destroys itself. <gasps> so you oh. could do this. This was like from from the source. I was like, this is crazy. That is uh, wild. You you could Crats. make them sorry holy craps um, holy craps you can frustrate them by making them do an impossible task quote like weaving a rope out of sand so <laughs> and then eventually they just like explode from frustration which that's like, just mean it's like cruel and unusual punishment it, cruel crats that should be their spinoff show cruel crats i like that um and then all i'm gonna say now about um crossroads and liminal spaces is for the skeptics what it could possibly be is that it's a collective consciousness that something is an eerie space which leads to your favorite the uncanny valley um making the area feel incredibly powerful because it looks like a safe place but unfamiliar in some way and so they the place isn't technically dangerous but it still looks mysterious it's predictable but unfamiliar and it causes a uh subtle revulsion and this again there you could also consider the pseudoscience of ley lines which we have not covered so anyway that is crossroads and it was literally an hour of time but i'm so sorry but it was no i loved it i loved it i love it it's such a it's something i never even thought of I really, I never thought about how crossroads could be anything other than physical. And like a road. Yeah. yeah. I thought of, um, like for it to be like your mouth or your mind. And that, I mean, that's also like real trippy. Again, if we were like, what did I say? Stony baloney earlier. If yeah. you, if you think about it, like you have crossroads on your body. So like we are all connected at all moments. So symbolic. You know? And to think that crossroads could be time, which mm-hmm. is its own dimension. So mm-hmm. you think of the dimension of time, then there's like the physical dimension. And then you wonder how many dimensions there are past that that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. if you even if you tried to layer all of them at this right time, like your mouth, I guess, like invoking spirits and you do it like apparently on a fucking Thursday, like at midnight and it's a New Year's Eve and it's at a physical crossroad and it's like the full moon. Like how many of those can you achieve at once? And then is there... Is there a time where that always perfectly lays on top of itself like a realm lasagna? Yeah, and what and then happens? The, what happens? Or do is there a ritual I don't know about that people always do mm-hmm. only on that day? And I wonder anyway. if the Thursday, like, what's the god of Thursday? Like, maybe that has something to do with it. The god of Thursday. Oh, shit. If you asked me a week ago, I would have known. I know. I was the... going to say, well, didn't we talk about this? Isn't it Thor? Yes. Thor. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Um, I'm double checking, but I'm pretty sure it's Thor. Yep, Thor. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It was just a thought of why it keeps being on a Thursday. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I don't know. Thor, you know what's weird though, because I did say something about how they honor Odin at Crossroads, mm. and Odin is Thor's father. Okay, maybe, maybe there's a connection. I don't know. 
Anyway, mm. a lot to a lot to fuck around with, I think, uh, in terms of thought. Yeah. yeah, in terms of thought. In uh, terms of thought, and no other way. And no other way. Um, wow, that was that was lovely, Em. Thank you. Uh, okay, so let's see what I got for you. I got. I'm excited about this one. Tell you me. Ready to crack into it? I'm ready. I got my gargs and I got some Your water. Gargs. I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> Okay, so this is the story of Molly Watson, and this is a lesser-known story. I had not heard of it before uh, until I watched it on Kendall Ray's YouTube. I was just, like, watching a bunch of videos, and this one stuck out to me. Um, And then to get some more information, I listened to an episode of a podcast called They Will Kill uh, by two sisters, Courtney and Sadie Eck, so I want to give them a little shout-out. This story takes place... It starts with the birth of Molly Watson in Moberly, Missouri, in December of 1982. She had a brother named Tim with whom she was very close. And Tim actually, this is precious, but also dangerous. Tim actually named his sister Molly when she was born. That is dangerous. You really like it seems cute for one second. But if it's anything other than like Molly, you know, it's going to go downhill. Like it Well, you have to commit to like never getting in a fight with your sister. Like, you know what I mean? What do you mean? No. So you're, they, he named his daughter Molly. No, he named his sister Molly. Sorry. What I'm saying is he, her brother named her when she was born. Oh, my God. Okay. It really all did not Get click the gargoyles that way in my out. brain. <laughs> I thought like, oh, he, I, I was like, how did he name his, did he have his sister? I was very confused for a second. I was like, we're really going into the true crime immediately. Sorry, um, <laughs> no. He they were really close and to the point that he actually named her Molly when she was born. You said everything right, and my brain did not translate it right. And I thought you meant like they were so close eventually he named his he daughter named his after his sister yeah, Molly. Yeah, I understand. That, and I was yeah. like, that's also risky. You have to you can't anyway. Okay, Tangent. I see what I see what you're saying. I was thinking you tell your kid to name their sibling. It's a dangerous game. It is. It could be like, I want to name Thor. them peanut butter. Oh, oh. Thor. <laughs> that too. Which one's worse? I don't know. Uh, so Thor peanut butter Schultz. <laughs> Sorry, Thor peanut butter Sh- Schiefer Schultz. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. That's the one. Okay, so Tim describes Molly as his best friend. He said he was her protector. They were both goofballs of kids and um, were very, very close. Well, unfortunately, I'm just going to give you the end result right up front and then go into the details uh molly was killed 48 hours before her own wedding (gasps) so a friend described never would have thought i'd be going to her funeral next week instead of her wedding so Mm. the week of her wedding was her funeral just very tragic very symbolic um so molly as a person was smart and outgoing she worked in education with a bachelor's and a master's in psychology and she was working on a second master's in counseling uh her family remembers her as very authentic molly was autistic and her passion and dedication to like the the interest she had really shone shined shone shined i don't know which one it is shined shined in all that she did um, so quick side note here, we have a researcher actually um, who has been really helpful and wrote a note here about, um, you know, autism. And I will say, too, that Molly's family refers to her diagnosis as Asperger's, but apparently mm. that's an outdated term, which I didn't realize. Did you know this? I don't know. I have. No, I don't think so. OK, because it's like 
Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. Is it wild, I, wildly, wildly it's, outdated? It's not wildly outdated, but it should be, I guess, is the better oh, way to okay. put it. Uh, so let's all try and uh, remember this. Basically, Asperger was a man who uh, worked for the Nazi party as a researcher. Oh. Yep, we're going there. And um, he decided which autistic people in the Holocaust were worthy of living, quote unquote, <gasps> and oh which were too disabled, quote unquote, which he sentenced to death camps. Um, and so Asperger's then became the name for what's considered high functioning autism. And so this term Asperger's is no longer on the DSM-5. It's not an official diagnosis, but some people who don't know this history, including myself, um, still use the term from time to time. Okay. So it's just important to clarify because uh, several sources did say Asperger's and I, I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. Also, is I and I don't know if I'm a, a person who should be commenting on this or not, but I think is it, is it still high functioning, low functioning autism? Or I think it's now like high needs, low needs. Oh, I'm not sure. I think that's how we say it now. Okay, yes. So there are uh, apparently, according to spectrumnews.org, a large study supports discarding the term high-functioning autism. See, we're learning so much. Look at um, us. We're all learning together, folks. Yeah, and so that's interesting to know as well. So, yeah, let's let's not say high-functioning either. Um, I think and, it's now referring to needs, high needs and low needs or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Um, Anyway, nothing to be ashamed about. We don't know. We're learning right now. We're so. learning. We're learning. Um, okay, but anyway, so. definitely don't say Asperger's, folks. Yeah, That's, apparently not. We're which done with I, that. again, I didn't realize. Um, you know, especially because her own family uses that term. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so it's just yeah. interesting. I guess a lot of people, and it's still regularly used. So you know, I don't want to say. I had no clue. I didn't either, to be honest. Wow. Okay. I mean, basically, the end of the study just says, or this article, basically just says we should call people what they want to be called. So I don't know. Oh. I don't see a, I don't hey, see that's a clear. A, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, okay. I see that's a clear uh, rule of thumb. Um, Perfect. Okay, cool. I don't know what you do if someone wants to say they have Asperger's. I, I don't know what where that line is. You know, it's not my place to say. Yep. So anyway, um, let's get back to this. So Molly was just like, such a gem. Um, she loved to share her personality and interests with the world through her YouTube channel. Uh, in one of her vlogs, she described herself as very much a huge geek. And she said, I hate being called a nerd. Oh, okay. Because as I have always heard it be put, nerds know, geeks do. So I am very much a hands-on geek. Oh. Mm. Nerds know and geeks don't. Interesting. No, no, no. And geeks do. Geeks do. Geeks do. Okay. So like nerds are like intellectual where yeah. in, in this theory <laughs> and geeks are like hands on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Molly, you'll get this, loved Marvel and Disney. Uh, so she was a talented seamstress. She was super into sewing and cosplay. She loved to draw and sing. Um, and quick side note, I'll give you all the link at the end, but her YouTube is still up. And you can watch um, some of her videos. It's it's very emotional to watch, considering what happened to her. Um, but it's really cool because you can see her sing, and her family, you know, still feels connected to her by watching her vlogs. Um, and so it's you know it's very humanizing, I, I suppose is the best way to put it. Sure. Her cousin described Molly as 
one of the luckiest people I knew. Apparently, she had just really bizarre bouts of luck where, for example, she would walk by a vending machine and just hit the button and like a soda would fall out. (laughs) Which, by the way, I never thought of doing, but kind of want to now. Now I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently this just happened all the time and people just knew her as like having this weird luck, lucky streak. Um, and it's just horrific what happened to her. But she also founded her own nail polish business and brand called Shine Spark Polish. And the name came from her one, her love of sparkly things. And then two, a maneuver in her favorite video game, Metroid Dread, which was called this like secret move was called the Shine Spark. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. It's kind of a fun name. And so she was apparently really popular in the indie nail polish community, which is basically independently owned nail polish small businesses. Um, a lot of them, you know, are trying to make more affordable and 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 safer and you know, cruelty-free vegan nail polishes, that kind of thing. Um, and so Molly actually formulated and created her own polishes, um, wow. and people loved her work. So on the personal side of things, Molly had been married before, and she had one or two exes from relationships that had ended pretty badly. Uh, one time on Facebook, she posted that an unnamed ex was trying to access her bank accounts. So it seemed quite toxic. She said that this ex was unstable and had once pointed a weapon at her when she tried to leave their relationship, but oh gosh. never specified who it was. She had a son from her first marriage, which hadn't lasted very long, and that had been in her early 20s, and her son's name was Declan. Now, Declan was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, so he struggled with health issues and couldn't walk, um, but he was Molly's whole world. She doted on him and his every need. He was like the center of her universe. And when Declan was a baby, Molly started dating a woman named Amber. Okay. So the two of them were together for five years. And Amber and Molly had actually known each other in kindergarten. And they actually didn't like each other when they were kids. That's how it always starts. It is, right? I know. (laughs) I love that story. And when they crossed paths uh, as adults by by chance, uh, they became friends. And then they fell in love. So it's very sweet. It was beautiful for a minute because, well, at the time they were both married to different people, but they were both preparing for divorce. So they ended up moving in together and they became a family and co-parented Declan. Hmm. But when Molly got a new job at the local prison, she started to fall for a co-worker. Oh, okay. His name was Lieutenant James Addy. And sadly unbeknownst to amber molly started having an affair with james okay amber found out in probably the worst way uh by tracking molly's phone Mm -hmm. to a motel knocking on the door and then molly opened the door and james was in the background getting dressed so just huge blow um amber was heartbroken understandably and molly moved back in with her parents and after this uh, you know big uh, upheaval amber was most resentful actually toward james rather than molly um she encountered him at a gas station once and she told him not to talk to her and said you need to shut up you broke our family um, so just i i do feel like it's always you always pick one person to be i mean not me with you know not that i've like been in all these situations but i feel like it's I hear like it's common to 
pick with the other person because it's easier to pin your anger yeah and you know we talked about that this weekend actually when we were on our many drives and the fuel light was blinking in the background and we didn't realize but um (laughs) we talked about like that kind of mis misdirected anger at the person who's having the affair with your partner because it's sort of like you want to be so mad at them, but it's it's like, well, your partner chose to make this decision. You know what I mean? It's like a it's hard... easier easier mm-hmm. to be mad at, you know, someone you don't also have emotional yeah. attachments to. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I've been there. I get it. <laughs> it's I've been the there. Of, it's the end of my details, but yep. Um, <laughs> so when Amber actually heard about this post that Molly made that said, you know, it was an unstable ex, Amber swore she had never threatened Molly um, and people believed her because they were like, well, Amber is not the type to point guns at people like they just pretty much wrote it off as like that wasn't her. Okay. so back at home, Molly just went full steam ahead with her relationship with James. Her family was a little put off by their age gap. Uh, James was 16 years older than Molly. Oh, wow. That is a age gap. It's quite a gap. Um, But they moved past it mostly, you know, for Molly's happiness. James himself was a former Marine who had fought in Desert Storm. And uh, according to his family, his own brother remembers growing up thinking he was an amazing brother and role model whom he admired greatly. James Addy was a proud veteran. He had two children of his own before he met Molly. And he'd actually been married four times before Molly. So his brother says that James was always attracted to women who were very kind. So from the outside, the couple seemed to be truly and deeply in love. James even described it as love like he'd never experienced before. And Molly's family said Molly was happier than she'd ever been in her life. Like she was on cloud nine and they were happy for her because of that. But all that aside, they were still not huge fans of James. Oh, okay. So... Molly and James dated for seven years before getting engaged. And by the time that they announced their engagement, her family still felt like they barely knew the guy. Mm -hmm. And this is seven years in. Molly's brother said James was always evasive and put off bad vibes. He didn't look you in the eye. He was always vague and evasive. Basically, they were just getting red flags from this guy. Yeah, no warmth. No, No, it didn't seem like it. Um, And her aunt said he was like a ghost. He would come and go without talking to anyone. And this Hmm. is like just to put a finer point on it. When Molly announced her engagement, most of her family didn't even know James's last name. Like her brother (gasps) was like, I didn't even know his last name. That's how little. For seven years. Seven years. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how little they felt like they were connected to this partner of hers. Hmm. But they wanted to support Molly, of course. And when Molly was 35 and James was 51, this is when they got engaged. And she was ecstatic. Okay. She poured all of her creative passion into planning her wedding to the point that it was basically all she talked about to her family and friends. According to her hairstylist, the wedding was going to be Disney themed with an emphasis on Beauty and the Beast. That's so weird. I actually have a a friend who had an emphasis on beauty and the beast at her disney I wedding it's a cool one like i i don't know her wedding dress straight up looked like she was Belle. it was <gasps> cool yeah okay so there were actually um video there are videos on her youtube of her trying on all these beautiful ball gowns and she she ended up keeping two because she couldn't decide on a wedding dress so it just makes Aww. it so heartbreaking to know she never got to wear it 
Oh, shit. I know. Yep. Yep. That's why I set it up front because like. Thank you. So we know, you know, while we're going forward that it never happened, but it was Mm -hmm. really like she was planning this to be the best day of her life. Um, She could not wait. Again, she was trying on different ball gowns in her uh, in her YouTube videos. So as they prepared for the wedding, James called Molly with a shocking update. He told her his ex-wife, Melanie, and the mother of his children had been in a terrible car accident and had passed away from her injuries. <gasps> so mm. uh, Melanie spent a while on life support and he had to make the terrible decision to pull the plug uh, when it was clear Oof. she wouldn't recover from this. And further, he had to break the news to Molly that the funeral for Melanie would be held the day before their wedding. <gasps> Yeah, that's so brutal. Okay. This is just a lot happening. So the couple pushed through the grief. Molly invited James's daughter, uh, who was a teenager, to be in the wedding party, but she declined. Sure. Um, Understandably. Some of Molly's closest family decided not to go to the wedding either, but that was because they didn't approve of this. They opposed to her marrying this guy, specifically. A few nights before the wedding, Molly sent her brother a text telling him, this makes me sad, telling him she needed him to be there because it wouldn't be the same without him at the wedding. Mm. And he finally gave in and he said, I will attend the wedding for you. So he had changed his plans. He said, if you really need me there, I'll be there. But of course, 48 hours before the wedding, tragedy struck. Yeah. April 27th, 2019, a man named Glenn McSparron was on his way home from his mom's house in Monroe County, Missouri. And just to give you an idea of this area, uh, the whole county was a rural agricultural area with an Amish community. And the prison where Molly and James worked was the biggest employer in the county. Okay. So this guy, Glenn, was taking a shortcut through some back roads, and he ended up on County Road 930. This is a pretty remote road. There's gravel, mud, and part of it actually goes through a creek. Like, you have to drive through the water. Um, Mm. There's not, like, a bridge over the the creek. Uh, This is called a low water crossing, fun fact. Um, Oh, interesting. We we had one of those... uh growing up on my yeah. way to my dad's apartment i was gonna say they're they're very much common especially yeah here in like my area too um what's it called a low water crossing interesting okay yeah so you know be careful because sometimes you need uh when it's really muddy you might get stuck if you don't have like yep. a four-wheel drive <laughs> it's um, a moat i'm just gonna call it a moat it's a moat, so, yeah, it's a it's moat a on moat. the way to my manor you know <laughs> <laughs> on the Schultzforth Manor drive, just a <laughs> moat outside. So when Glenn was on the way to his mom's to drop his daughter off, he had a weird encounter on the road. A car shined its lights directly at him and then moved to cut him off. And so he assumed they wanted to pass him. So he pulled over to the side to let them go. Sure. And that's when he noticed another car parked on the right. And at this point, he thought maybe someone was stuck in the mud. The car was shining its lights and was spinning a bit in the mud and was just Mm. pulled over on the side of the road. And Glenn saw who he described as an older white man in what he described as an old grandma car. So (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I think we all have an idea of what that might look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what he described seeing. So Glenn pulled up and stuck his head out and said, hey, is someone stuck down there? And this man said, I don't know where they're at. It's going to be a while. 
So he told Glenn, why don't you take a different route? So Glenn pulled back and went another direction. But by the time he got to his mom's, he felt like the situation felt funky to him and he couldn't get it off his mind. Mm. Um, Just in his gut, he knew something was wrong. So when he talked to his mom and brother, they said, yeah, that does seem strange. Why don't you go back and check it out and see what was going on there? Which I love because it's like, why don't you go check it out? We'll be yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're right. That does sound really weird. We're not going to fucking Why don't move, you though. do something about it? <laughs> that is all you. It cracks me up. Um, so he did. He went back to the creek and he still saw this car pulled to the side of the road. And of course, now it's after dark in the middle of the woods. Like, this is just a scary place to be. Yeah. And he he's he feels weird about the situation he turns his headlights on to shine at the car and he said his heart stopped when he saw a woman lying in the road in front of the car (gasps) who wasn't moving oh shit so he just parked in the middle of the creek called 911 he said he got a little frantic but in his 911 call which you can listen to he seemed very calm and collected uh at least more so than i could hope to be in that scenario And since Molly was lying in front of the car, uh, of course, 911 said, you know, it might be a medical emergency. Can you get out of the truck and check on her? Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, what if the person who did this is still out here? Uh, it's valid question, by the terrifying. way. Terrifying. Like, it's dark question. out except for your headlights. You're in this rural road. And mm. so he he was brave and he got Could. out of his truck to check on her. And he remembers feeling on guard, quote, waiting for someone to come out of the darkness, which is Mm -hmm. just pure terrifying. So he didn't actually have a flashlight with him. um, And his truck, which was still on, was so loud he couldn't hear anything around them. But the dispatcher, like, talked him up, talked him out of the, you know, was like, I'm here, talked him out of the truck. um, And he took a handgun with him just in case. And then he had to wade through the water calling out to molly and you can hear this on the call saying ma'am mm. ma'am and when he got to her he noticed some blood on the ground outside and drag marks in the gravel oh shit yeah then i'd be really scared i mean it's, it's sad and i'd be really scared and then there's also the fear exactly mm-hmm. she was wearing pajama pants and a tank top and she still had her engagement ring on her left hand mm. he tried to find a pulse and she was cold to the touch Glenn said, I looked into her eyes and I could tell that she was gone. Oh, my God. So obviously this was traumatizing for him. um, But despite that, he stayed calm on the phone. He stayed on with 911 until authorities arrived. And interestingly, on the way to the crime scene, a sheriff's deputy was driving in the dark and happened to spot a white T-shirt in the road. And he almost drove by it. But then he second-guessed himself and he thought – you know, this is really close to the crime scene. I'm just going to grab it just in case. Yeah. Oh, smart. So just, uh, well, maybe smart. I don't know if it's touching a, a crime no, scene. No, no, yeah. It was it was the right thing to do. I'll say that for right now. So when police arrived, they ran the vehicle registration and identified her as Molly Watson. And they realized immediately that this was a murder because Molly had suffered a point-blank shot to the back of her head, which they <gasps> described as execution style. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know. The bullet the medical examiner found in Molly was so damaged they couldn't identify the murder weapon beyond a small caliber firearm. And on the road leading away from the scene, they found an ammo box for a small caliber weapon. But 
I know I know I said that she was still wearing the diamond ring on her finger, but she also still had cash in her wallet. So at this point, they're like, well, this was not a robbery. Yeah, this was personal. Yeah. Her cell phone was missing. There was, this is sad too, a marriage certificate in the car uh, with her name on it and the name of her fiancé, James Addy. And they saw on this information that their wedding was only 48 hours away and they were like oh no oh no oh no like we have to go tell this dude that his fiance is dead so as for molly's family her brother tim remembers his wife waking him up in the middle of the night and his dad was on the phone to tell him his beloved sister had been murdered oh my god his dad said timmy the highway patrol just left our house they found molly dead in the road and tim was obviously like he just woke up this is just like shocking information. So he's in utter disbelief and Molly's aunt and cousin. Remember that Molly's mom was totally inconsolable, just screaming. I mean, it was just heart wrenching. The crime scene was located pretty much exactly between Molly's house and James's house. So around 2 a.m., several investigators left the scene to drive to James's house, 25 miles away with the very overwhelmingly tough task of telling James that his fiance was dead. When they arrived, uh, who should answer the door but a woman? And she identified herself as James's wife, Melanie. What? Hang on. So he's got another wife? Okay. Remember how his wife died in a car accident? <gasps> she didn't. <laughs> oh, well... I want to say, I'm, I mean, I am surprised, but also I guess it's not that shocking since he was so quiet and like obviously mm-hmm. didn't want anyone to know anything about him, not even his last name. Because the people like you would have been Googling him and found out. Yeah. Yes, precisely. So this woman answers the door and says, I'm Melanie Addy. Like, what? what's going on? And they're like, wait, you're his wife? And where did she think he was going to go this that's weekend? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. This this is like all he had just... a whole fucking wedding to go to. I mean. Oh, my God. It's it's batshit crazy. This whole situation. This woman. It's horrifying. She answers the door. She's like, what are you doing here? And they are shocked because they're like, we're here to tell your husband that his fiance is dead 48 hours before their wedding. And she is just, like, flabbergasted. No idea. No idea. Not the slightest, faintest idea that he's even having an affair, let alone marrying. For seven years and marrying her. For seven years and marrying her and now potentially murdered her. Just, like, out of control. So they're shocked. She's shocked. And Melanie had been James's wife of 23 years and the mother of his two children, including teenage Emma, who had refused to be part of the wedding. Turns out he had been living a completely total double life for seven years. And Molly knew about Melanie, but James had convinced her that their marriage was over. They were that he was free to date, that uh, they would divorce as soon as his youngest daughter graduated high school. And then she was told that she died. So she was like. That's just what the story she believed. Wow. It's. it's, How do you even have a double? Like, how do you juggle? I don't know. How do you like, how do you even find time to spend enough time with the second person that they're not wise to the fact that you've got a whole other life? You know, it's so shocking because his wife said like she he really played it off like she had no 
idea. She said they'd gotten into a few arguments because he would get off work at three and sometimes not come home till five. But that's still not like that wide of a window that you're like, you know, who are you meeting? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and so she just really genuinely was totally blindsided by this. Mm. Um, and so it gets worse because he had even gone on vacations with Molly, which he told his wife were work trips or trips with friends of his. And he had once even printed off a fake form to show his wife about like an upcoming work trip. And he said that this was sniper training in Florida. Okay. I mean, wow. But also, I guess that sounds like something that would require all of your attention. And you yeah, know, and you- if you trust your partner and you're like, I love and trust you. And people describe this person, this man as like just very stoic Midwest is I think how um, they will kill the podcast talked about it. Like just that classic, like stereotypical Midwestern guy who doesn't say much, who doesn't yeah. show, wear emotion on his sleeve, you know, just all those cliches seem to be how he was. So it was sort of like he wasn't acting any different. He was just as quiet right. as always and reserved. But they also made a great point on that podcast because they were like, what kind of prison employee retreat is happening in Cancun, Mexico? Like he was going right. to like Cancun <laughs> and stuff and, you know, making up these ridiculous stories. But again, like his wife just loved and trusted him and encouraged him. You know, when he said, oh, my friends want to go on this trip. She was like, go have fun. You know, like she was just being a supportive partner. Mm. One trip he actually took Molly on and then months later took his wife and stayed at the same hotel ate at the same restaurants, did the same <gasps> activities, just copy and pasted his trip with Molly with his trip with Are his Are you wife. worried about someone being like, oh, welcome back. Welcome like, back with a new person? We've gone to hotels for the show and like then and a year later they'll say like, welcome back. And it's the like- The front was... desk is like, oh, you've stayed here before. Yeah. And and I don't even know that I've been there before. I'm like, what do you mean welcome back? <laughs> we have never been... know where we are ever. Have so... I been here before? Like, can you, <laughs> ma- they have to be able to be like, they- the people that work there have to be like, oh, you were just here a week ago. Like, But I wonder if they're just trained to be discreet. I guess so. You know, it's like you don't want to blow their spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't That's know. True. It's, it's I guess shocking. that actually they have to be trained, right? Because you, I can only imagine like someone getting busted and like suing the hotel for ruining their marriage or something. something. Or... I mean, I'm sure pe- people have done wilder things. So, yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, some degree of... uh staying quiet when you work in a hospitality industry is what i'm assuming but again Mm -hmm. i haven't started white lotus so i'll let you know (laughs) i'll let you know tonight when i actually watch it um that's not true i've actually watched a couple episodes and it's really good but um there's a lot to go (laughs) have you seen it no oh it's so good okay so um let's see it's at this point and i want to make another point of this um which again our researcher made a great like just like a side note on um, because people here often question Molly's naivete and say, you know, how could she have just believed all of these lies about his wife and that he was really going to divorce her and stuff. And, you know, on the one hand, yes, she, she was autistic. And so it's like, well, maybe that had something to do with it. But again, you know, maybe she wasn't picking up the social cues, what have you. But then again, the other possibility is like she had already cheated on a partner and so maybe she just didn't mind the complications of this relationship like maybe it just didn't phase her as much as it might somebody else or also like maybe like i mean his his uh, original partner who'd known him for even longer than seven years had no clue so there's maybe she 
Maybe he's just really good at duping people. He you must know? just be an excellent liar. That's a yeah. good point. Like he clearly had exactly he had duped the person who'd been married with him for 23 years. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he was just that good at lying. Um, so so that's kind of that's a great point. I I uh, I kind of side with you on that one. Also, what so, year was this? So 2018. Well, okay. 2019. I'm sorry. I was going to say if this was like the 50s, like people were getting away with crazy the shit 50s? back then. The 50s? You think she had a YouTube channel in the 50s? No, no, no. I'm just saying like if it were something like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. 50s, like, you no, know. No, I mean the double lives back then, remember? And now, I mean, you know about it with like family stuff. Okay. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's um, true. It's okay. true. I, I, I had, <laughs> I had. Why did I just say that out loud? I don't know. Okay. I, it's not a big deal. No, I, I've had family who like have fully lived double lives, but it was because they were able to live in a world without tech technology on their ass exactly and now there's dna and people are finding out through ancestry and 23 and me finding out oh Mm -hmm. like i have these half siblings and i mean it happens all the time shockingly but like not so shockingly um so you know he i mean and he did get away with it for seven years so it's like to a certain extent he pulled it it off he pulled it off i i don't want to not trying to like give this guy like credit but like well to be fair he pulled it off until he very much did not pull it off until he just extremely did not pull it off great point but no it's it is impressive that someone in this day and age could even do that yes i'm like yes without especially without your partner even having an inkling an inkling not even a and Not not a lick of knowledge not a lick and like obviously we don't blame her so it's like you know it's on this you just always assume like if it were you you would be able to figure it out you always hope if it were you you'd be able to figure it out that's a great point sometimes people just can be the smartest person in the room and we'll never be able to figure it out this is such a great reminder because it's like sometimes you hear these stories and you're like that wouldn't happen to me i wouldn't be duped and it's like well you know like you said there are people who are smart in that way or just manipulative in that way that like you just wouldn't even it wouldn't even cross your mind yeah um and that can be i mean that's very scary but i guess it's important to know because you know you can't necessarily trust everybody i'm not saying don't trust your partner but i don't know what i'm saying um we're all on the same page folks you know i hope so so when James told Molly that Melanie had died. Molly truly believed that this had happened. I mean, it's it's also like a shocking thing to tell somebody if it's not true. If it's just like a bald-faced lie, I feel like it's hard to believe someone would make that up. So she was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, no. Like, that's horrible, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this is all happening. Investigators, of course, immediately start looking at James, especially when his wife opens the door. <laughs> They're like, hmm. Red flag central. And while they're talking to him in his home, he starts panicking and he gets really hot. And so he opens a window and puts a box fan in because he's sweating so much. Damn. He's just like, his nerves are out of control. And it, I mean, fully again, busted. Not a great sign. Fully busted. And also, what did you think was going to happen? But okay. But also, I mean, he had seven years. Pr- you have to wonder if after like seven years, you're just like, well, I guess I got away with it. Like, I, I don't guess everything worked in my favor. So maybe I it will know. one more time. Yeah. I don't know. So Melanie, of course, was in shock. And like I said, she did not see the affair coming. Didn't suspect it for a minute. Um, she said he seemed the same all the time. And so, you know, they're determining he's a skilled liar. When they asked what he was doing that night, he told officers he had visited a friend to pick up an avocado plant girl girl 
And his wife was like, yeah, I was really annoyed because I said, like, why are you leaving at seven o'clock on a Friday night to go get an avocado plant from your friend? Like, where are Mm. you going? Um, But he was like, I'll be back. And he told police he got home at 830 p.m. He also told them at this point, because I guess he couldn't hide it anymore, that he had a secret phone that he used to talk to Molly. Oh, nice. And he gave that phone to investigators and told them he had last spoken to Molly earlier that day. So when they look through his phone, his secret phone, there is a 22-minute phone call from that evening. He even sent her texts after she died. <gasps> Ooh. It's horrible because the texts say the following things. What oh, did you shit. eat for supper? I love you so much. Good night, sweetheart. <sighs> like, come on. That doesn't even really feel... They don't feel warm. Is that what weird to you... say? No. Like, they feel... It feels like... I'm assuming that he was trying to... He's... I'm currently assuming he's the bad guy. Mm. And... Let me just put it out there. I mean, yes, you're correct. Okay. So... I feel like him covering it up with texts like that, wouldn't you pick, wouldn't you be a little more? But if those are like the way he texted all the time, maybe it was oh. just like, oh, this is just the norm. I just assumed she was going Okay, to that's bed. true. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that it it's disturbing to think that he literally shot her in the back of the head, went home and said, what'd you have for supper? Ugh. What the fuck? And also like, you really think that's going to trick them? And, like, by the way, like, it's one thing to be able, it's, I mean, it's one big thing to be able to get away with an affair for seven years without your wife even having an inkling. But, like, talk about a new challenge of, like, going home to your wife and just, like, pretending like nothing happened. Yeah, like, you great didn't just point, too. Murder somebody. Just, like, but... totally straight face, chill. And who was, what was, do we find out the reason for the murder? Was it just to, like, not marry her and, like, make the web trickier with his wife? Yep. Oh my god, you couldn't just fucking break up. Okay. You couldn't literally just say, I fucked up and not spend the rest of your life in prison? Spoiler alert. But um, can you imagine that conversation of like Blaze sitting down with you right now and going, I <laughs> fucked up. I'm kind of getting married this weekend. Um, <laughs> I want to invite you to my wedding. I, I've taken it too far. I it don't got know out how- of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which like is a very Christine thing to do. If, I'm if a we're little talking nervous about now. I'm like, am I going to do this by accident? Like, like, oh my god. Look, it just spiraled out of control. I texted Zach Bagans. Now we're getting married. I don't know what happened. We're, I'm seeing him in Vegas. You understand. Honestly, he'd be like, I've been waiting for the, you to break this news to me for a long time. <laughs> I do think I could pretty much come to Allison with anything at this point, and she would not be surprised by That's, the words. You know, and I got to say, like, I'm going to mention this later, but his wife, Melanie, even said, like, as much as she was shocked by the information, she wasn't surprised by mm. his behavior, which is like, interesting Ooh, chilling a little bit like i guess she was shocked she didn't notice or know but she also wasn't surprised because she called him very selfish and was like i'm not surprised oh. he took this as a way out which is like woof if i were oh, i don't know if i i mean like obviously like you know i'm not i'm not commenting on her at all i'm i'm saying though like if I were with somebody and like it was unsurprising that yeah. one of the options they chose was murder. Murder. Oh my gosh. Like I would I almost wonder now if she ever felt fear around him. I know. Of, like it's, it's interesting. It's like, like why did if, that not surprise you? Like if that was I mean, obviously it's a red flag for anyone you're in a relationship if if they have that capability. Sure. But if you knew that that was a capability of his, I 
can't imagine you always felt 100% safe around him. That's a great you point. Know? Like, had he shown violence before? I'm not sure. Or, yeah. you know, and did he have PTSD from Desert Storm? Like, did that oh, somehow yeah. have anything? To, I'm not sure. And again, this is literally just me asking. Yeah, we're um, salt. We're speculating because I don't have that information but I mean it's an interesting thought of like why would it not surprise you if you're like if Blaze murdered someone I'd be I very would, surprised I would be very surprised and not only about the event but also the fact that he did it you know I don't yeah. think I could even believe it so I, it, I, it would wonder. be hard for me to th- believe Blaze or Allison I'm just using Blaze as your example yeah well sure um but like it's a, I couldn't even imagine Blaze contemplating it, let alone yeah, yeah, great point. Taking the first step, second step, third step to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it makes you wonder like what was the background like there between their dynamic. I don't know. Um. So anyway, there's this there are these texts from him to her that are supposed to supposedly giving him an quote unquote alibi that he thinks she's alive. Okay, nailing um, it. Yeah, nailing it for sure. Um, and investigators also, when they were looking through this, found text messages from Molly to James over the last few days before her death. And this is where they start to kind of dig into it a little bit. Okay. Because in these texts, she sound she sounded worried that James wasn't fully committed to their to their upcoming nuptials. Oh shit. She apparently seemed self-conscious about her autism her mental health she texted him at one point are you still sure you want to marry me with my anxiety because when we were talking earlier you sounded like you were starting to doubt your decision oh my god that's so sad it's heartbreaking and he responded not even close dear and so the day molly was killed james this is another like bizarro detail in this he had made a payment on the wedding and had picked up some decorations and to me, like, I forget who, uh, which episode or whatever I was listening to or watching where they were like, well, why would you do that? And I'm like, I think it was probably just his way of trying to create some doubt. Like, well, why would I have paid off my wedding if right, I right, killed right. her? But again, it's not to very To show your, co- your commitment of like, yeah, obviously, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And maybe at that point, like, he didn't even know this was going to be his plan. I'm not sure. But he did stop by at the venue, make a payment, drop up some, drop off some decorations, and the wedding planner asked him, "Are you getting excited?" And he responded, "Molly's driving me crazy." Oh shit! Which, like, first of all, is really kind of fucked up. But second of all, like looking back, makes it much more sinister. I think. Like it's one thing to be like, "Oh, my partner's driving me crazy with all this wedding planning," you know, nonsense. But it's another thing now yeah. looking back. Yeah. Yeah. So police did also consider this unstable ex that she had posted about in 2017 on Facebook. Do you remember like, oh, this ex is trying to get Mm -hmm. into my bank accounts and her former partner, Amber, was like, I swear to God, that was not me. Yeah. Um, You know, I would not point a gun at someone. So now guess what they're thinking? This unstable ex might be James because they were kind of on again, off again for a little while has to be in my mind and so they're sort of saying like maybe that's the person the mystery guy she was posting about and saying he had a gun and you know we don't know because it wasn't clear in the post but it that is definitely something they were it would be weird if there were two men that could be that That would fit that in her family yeah that's true and it's possible to be fair but you know there are people who take advantage of nice kind loving folks yeah Yeah. 
So when ABC 2020 tried to look into James's other wives, they couldn't find a single person who knew any details to share on their relationships or how they ended. So it was just like a weird dead end of information. Like they just could not figure out what his past marriages were. And to be fair, he had been married to Melanie for 23 years. So it was like a long time ago that these other marriages had ended. So mm-hmm. maybe it just wasn't, you know, with the in- internet age not having existed yet, maybe that information just kind of died with the marriages um but despite all this the kind of lack of information investigators still felt that they had enough motive to arrest james for the murder of molly watson i mean think about it he's living a double life with a wife who's oblivious to his affair and a fiance who believed his wife was dead and a fake funeral (laughs) and an impending wedding like it's just like who else could it be like if if it were someone else that would be the wildest coincidence of all it would be be i would go home as the police officer that night and be like you're never gonna believe this shit like it's, if it, i'm gonna write if it were book. anyone else if it were i'm gonna quit else. the police force and write a memoir because i have yeah. a doozy <laughs> <laughs> so just crazy i mean in 48 hours he was supposed to be in a public wedding with her whole family etc everything was about to fall apart for him and it was sort of like he was backed into a corner and didn't know what Mm. to do and so they charged him with first degree murder and james's brother and sister could not believe it like they were so shocked that he could ever harm somebody and i mean this just goes to show like what you said of clearly his wife believed him so maybe he was just so manipulative that his own family was shocked that he could ever hurt or kill i think it's like one of those superpowers like i mean evil superpower in this right. case but like of just being a quiet person like yeah nobody... good point unassuming unassuming so james's wife melanie i know i kind of already said this but in an emotional interview she said she felt james was capable of murder and she said it just seems like something he would do to fix a problem he was a pretty selfish person he could be controlling and intimidating which goes to your point of uh-huh. maybe there were times she did not feel safe uh and she said i could see this being a way out for him so mm-hmm. again she wasn't totally surprised and in fact she actually took the stand against him at trial which must have been very wow. difficult and not only that, but his own teenage daughter, Emma, took the stand as well, Oof, which must girl. just be yeah, seriously heartbreaking. And Emma, get this, had met Molly before. <gasps> so he is such a fucking idiot, this guy. His daughter needed a costume for I think it was like Comic-Con or like some upcoming event. And so he said, oh, I have a coworker who's really good at making costumes and brought her to Molly's house. And Molly knew this was his daughter, but Emma, the daughter, didn't know Molly was her dad's girlfriend. Like that was that's a really bold move because you're playing with fire there. Because Molly's now going to be like, well, how come I don't get to see your kid more often? Or something. So that was the other thing. That was the only time she'd seen any of his kids. Mm. She saw Emma once. Never met the other one. Man, I don't know. He must have just been really convincing. He must have also, like, mean, that feeds into, like, I mean, the wife said that he's really selfish. And, I mean, that's the most, like, narcissist, yeah. confident move I've seen. Just, like, come over to my girlfriend's house and I'll just Your watch you interact. Your mom will never know. Yeah. yeah. It's disturbing. And Molly, on her part, thought Emma was going to be in their wedding as a bridesmaid. So it's, like, Molly probably didn't even realize, like, Emma didn't know who she was. 
But like, what if she says, oh, when I marry your father? You know what I mean? Like, what? right. Like, what a bold, what a bold move. And it just didn't happen. So I guess he's lucky in that way. So the car Glenn had seen on the road before he found Molly's body matched James's car. There were clear tire tracks matching James' tires at the crime scene. Uh, the ammo found in a gun in James's home also matched the empty ammo box they found near the scene. But it was still all circumstantial evidence. It just wasn't enough. And then prosecutors revealed they were able to find Molly's phone. Wow. The phone, they used GPS to locate it, and it had been tossed to the side of the road. So they were like, well, here it is. Found it. All right. And when they took a look at it, they realized Molly had apparently been growing suspicious about James. <gasps> well, that makes sense because she, yep. she even texted him like, are you sure? Are I'm you getting sure? vibes. Yeah. Guess what she Googled? How to find out if your fiance is cheating on you. <laughs> no, but that's pretty. She might have Googled that, too. She Googled Melanie Addy obituary. She was trying oh, shit. to find. She searched death notices. She searched obituary pages. She was basically just digging for any information to prove that Melanie had indeed passed away. She she Googled the, car that's crash. That's a big fucking suspicion. That's not like, oh, maybe he wants to back out of the marriage. Feet. Maybe mm -hmm. he has cold feet. Maybe he still misses his wife. No, that's like you're. That's I think your wife is still alive. That's a big. And old... you lied about it, which is like a Ugh. massive. I wonder who tipped her off. Like that's not something that just comes to you sometime, right? Like you something... know, I don't know. I wonder if like she was asking for details because this was only days before the funeral right. slash wedding. I I don't know if maybe she wasn't getting any information about the funeral and she was like starting mm. to wonder why. It's it's really hard to say, but she even searched um, for like the car crash, like December car crash, Melanie. Like she was just trying to find any article or information. Wow. Um, and so, you know, ding, ding, ding. Clearly, like she's on to him. And James had texted Molly that day. I think I'm going to see you tonight. Then. Oh, my God. I already have goose cam. This is so disturbing. He was sending texts to himself. To try and build up his courage, like <gasps> sending himself a pep talk. Like from from past him to future him. Like sort that of. Kind of yeah. Oy. Yeah. And it said he texted himself that he had a meeting tonight in the normal place and he had to be there. And then he said, don't be a pussy again. Let's go, man. To his own phone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And also I'm worried about again, <laughs> like, right. again, had he tried this? Had he done it with someone else? Like, I also, don't know. Also, but like the second you do that, good luck ever getting away with this murder because the cops are going to see that on your phone. Yeah. Like, what like the, all you had, you could have written that on a piece of paper and burned it, and but you literally yeah. digitally saved on your phone. You hyping yourself up to go through with this plan that you're now gonna have to deny it's insane i mean it's okay. really insane how how narcissistic this guy is so the evidence actually proved that she drove to the location of her killing while she was on that 22 minute phone call with james and the drive from her house to the murder site is exactly 22 minutes <gasps> so that phone call from here to there and she was on the phone with him it's like what else that doesn't what else could that mean? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So most damning of all, and this is where, in my mind, it's really like nail in the coffin, so to speak. It turns out that the T-shirt the deputy happened to pick up because he had a little spidey mm -hmm. sense 
was indeed evidence. It had gunshot residue and Molly's blood on it. And then when Emma, uh, James's daughter, got on the stand, she testified that the T-shirt, which had a specific logo and design on it, was her dad's because she had made it at school. Oh, my God. She testified that she was the only student in her design class who made a mistake on on the printing of the shirt. So it was like all wonky. Like the other kids had made the same shirt, but hers was like wonky or something. So she ended up just giving it to her dad as like a rag and he used it in his garage. So now this with like the imperfections on it that she made shows up on the side of the road with blood and gunshot residue. And she says, I gave that to my dad and he used it in his garage. And the defense tried to say, like, well, maybe James gave this shirt to Molly, which is why it was near the crime scene. But, like, it just didn't add up because the shirt was found down the road. It had gunshot residue from the gun that killed her. It doesn't. How would she have gotten it down the road? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, Then his wife, Melanie, and his daughter, Emma, poked more holes in James's story like he had lied about what he was wearing that day um and the def- and they actually never found the clothes that he apparently was wearing um when he left the house initially and the defense also their their whole thing was he was too in love with Molly to kill her which by the Aww. way has never stopped anyone in the past have you heard of a crime of fashion anyway um <laughs> yeah so like stupid argument but okay um and they did call into question lack of a murder weapon fair Um, But in the end, the jury found the evidence sufficient. And after only two and a half hours on the day of what would have been Molly and James's third wedding anniversary, James was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Wow. And uh, very poignant on the date there. Talk about a crossroads. Talk about a synchronicity, a mm-hmm. liminal space. Yep, just all that. Really, really wild. So Molly's son Declan wrote a statement that was then read in court, um, and it was addressing James. And the statement uh, called his mom a beautiful and kind woman and said, the only reasons she believed you were because she loved you and saw past your shortcomings, and she was probably willing to walk to the end of the earth for you, yet you couldn't be a little bit honest with her, or anyone else for that matter. You stole my mother away from me. You kidnapped oh. her son. Here's the bottom line. You now have to live with the repercussions of your actions, and I hope you will. Oh, my God. It's just heartbreaking. So, of course, to this day, James insists on his innocence and wants a new trial. Uh, but he remains in prison to this day, and Molly, for what it's worth, is remembered fondly by many. Um, in an online post, even a former friend who had had a falling out with her said she was glad James was going to prison. And this is just really heartbreaking. On April 21st, days before Molly's death and potential wedding, Molly had posted to her nail polish business's Facebook, and you can still see this post, that her orders would be on hold for a week while she was on her honeymoon. Oh, my God. And then she was killed. So (sighs) the comments on this post, of course, are all condolences. And and people called Molly's nail polish creations pure genius and, you know, said this community would never be the same without her. And uh, her memory lives on in those she loved and who loved her. Uh, Her parents died pretty shortly after she did. Um, And Tim always felt like, you know, they died of a broken heart. Um just really tragic that he lost all three of them yeah 
And so if you are at all interested and want to just see, I don't know, some of the light that Molly brought to the world, you can still watch her YouTube videos and hear her sing, especially mm. Disney songs. Um, her YouTube channel is at Snarky Snarkster 1826. And that Love is the it. tragic and like just bananagram story of Molly Watson. Wow. Well, that wild. was an hour and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we both we both really delivered this time Ooh. around, which is so wild because I thought after you know we literally had shows this weekend and we this we were just on planes like a couple hours ago, yeah. so it's I really thought we were both going to pick short stories just and like, we went nope. easy breezy. Hell no, no no way to easy breezy. I think we were like we got to really deliver and prove that yep. we can still do it. We're still young and hip. We're still chaotic and hip. I uh, that was a chaotic. great story though. It was it was jam-packed drama just like family drama crime sorrow 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 yeah yep oh that poor kid um that's so sad and Mm -hmm. i had i not had you not talked about i feel like that's had you not covered that story before no if i did Mm -hmm. this would be a wild time for you to tell me it would be (laughs) (laughs) at the end (laughs) it would be by the way (laughs) i don't know why I, I feel like the name Molly Watson is um, familiar for some reason. I wonder if it's like. Hmm. Mm. going to say? I worked with a Molly Watson. Oh, you did. I was going to say, I wonder if it's just like kind of a common name. No, no. Well, maybe. But no, I I worked with a Molly Watson. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, on to the next thing, I guess, Christine. We're going to record an- another episode soon. Onward and, and upward or onward and downward. I'm not really sure. First bag, last bag, you know. <laughs> First bag, last bag. I don't think we've ever uh, no. discussed first bag, last bag with people on this on this <laughs> podcast. But the the point of it is that it makes no sense, and you just kind of use it as a filler when you got nothing else to say. So the point you know. is, one time Eva woke up early while we were traveling and watched the cornhole championships. I'm sorry, the Super Hole on. Uh, <laughs> I think it was called the Super Hole uh, or something, uh, and was just t- texting us. All these updates. quotes. Yeah, yeah, all these updates um, of the American Cornhole League. So, you know. And first... one of the things that they say or like a move or something is called first bag, last bag. And so... No, the move is called the airmail. Right. Sorry. And sorry. the guy, his name was Cornhole Superhole. Eva just texted. What was it again? Doug Flutie. How do I remember this? Doug Flutie's catchphrase. Oh, my God. Yes. Doug Flutie. His catchphrase was first bag, last bag. <laughs> And we still don't know what it means, and so now we, we just say, say it. it. We just say it for whenever we need to, to say something to at say all. To so. say something. <laughs> so, you know, first bag, last bag. That's, that's what I always say. That's right. And with that. And? That's why we drink. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.